Welcome to the Mothers You Know podcast. Thank you for being here. This is a place where we as women remember the spirit God gave us. We know how much we matter and we believe all things are possible to them that believe on this Savior Jesus Christ. Here at Mothers Who Know, we support the parents of young men in the Sons of Helaman and young women in the Daughters of Light programs at Life Changing Services. These programs provide therapeutic and mentoring services for youth struggling with depression, anxiety, self-harm, pornography, and any other unwanted or difficult behaviors. We offer parent support, training, and resources for mothers and fathers seeking the best way to support their loved one. Any mother is welcome to join in the Mothers Who Know classes support and training. You do not need to have a child in life-changing services to join in. We hope you'll join us. I am Karen Broadhead. I serve as the director of Mothers Who Know, and I serve as the parent support specialist at life-changing services. I invite you to join with me and other mothers from across the country in our Warrior Mothers Who Know online support and training group held every Tuesday at 10.30 a.m. Mountain Time. If you have a child struggling with pornography, depression, anxiety, or other difficult behaviors, you will find a safe and uplifting place to learn from other moms and learn principles and strategies to best support your loved one. Please go to motherswhoknow.org to find the online meeting details. We talk about difficult things here with the intent to shine light in dark corners and to eliminate isolation and shame. We are mothers with warrior hearts who are raising the warriors of this generation. We know we must learn to fight well for ourselves first. Then we can confidently support and cheer on our loved ones in the best ways. Each month, Maurice Harker joins us at our Warrior Mothers Who Know support group and answers questions from moms. This is an excerpt from one of the Mothers Who Know classes that he attended recently, where he talked to mothers about a really important topic that we all needed to hear. Please enjoy. Thank you so much. And I want to jump on board with Karen's comment about the team experience. I've worked very hard most of my life to try to be psychologically independent and not need people, but I must acknowledge the value of um, the rejuvenation experience of uh, connecting with strong-minded people, of being in the presence of people who are uplifting and edifying. Um, And I am surprised by how rejuvenating it is. And then once I've experienced it, I go, wow, I really needed that. And it does make a major difference. So thank you for being here. And I hope we can add to your life team experience. So if you haven't been to one of these before, our goal is to answer your questions, to resolve your concerns. You're welcome to listen in, but this meeting is the most effective when we are hearing your situation, your struggles, your frustrations. Uh, We all are aware of what mothers are usually worried about, what they're usually concerned about. And I'm sure Karen has run into a few things lately about some of the concerns the ladies are involved in. Okay. I'd like to talk to you first. Oh, okay. Let's go. Let's go there. And you know what, because I think that, uh, you know how one of the overarching principles that's pointed out in the Like Dragons Did They Fight book that we teach in all of our programs is that um, we are in a psychological war, right? It's a spiritual war, but that there are psychological principles or scientific principles 
that need, we need to be aware of. And I think especially at this time of year, uh, some of us have had the most amazing holidays, but Satan loves it when we get, when we change our schedule, right? Mm -hmm. And then we start wondering what's, what's wrong with us and how come I'm not being awesome and maybe that wasn't real. So will you just kind of talk to us a little bit about that whole war between remembering and forgetting and how good Satan is at the three D's that Elder Johnson talked about. Keep those at your fingertips so we can bring them up and address them one at a time because I don't have them memorized, but okay. I know in I general. Right. I got them right here. Okay, so so one of the reasons this is really hard to teach women, um, well, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess women are familiar with brutal psychological warfare amongst teenage girls when they were a teenage girl, okay? Um, I was oblivious to some of that as a teenage boy, having no idea how ruthless some of those experiences could be. Um, throughout my, um, my uh, developmental years, sports was my main theme, um, and the concept of an intelligent opponent who seriously wants to beat you was familiar to me, but the problem is you take the most ruthless athletic opponent, you take the meanest girl in your junior high or high school, you combine the two and then times it by 10, and now you have an idea of who we're up against. Okay? And a common thing that I'm running into with people is the, this look on their face that says, it, he can't really be that mean, can he? He can't really be that mean. Like, to see a child crying, he goes by and kicks the child. Like, to see a woman who's uh, not feeling well and is unhealthy and have something worse happen. Okay? Um, as I've studied Satan, uh, and, and, and just to clarify, the reason I study Satan is not because I'm some uh, fanatical um, uh, demonic uh, curiosity. In the same way that I'm assuming Captain Moroni had men who were assigned to study the Lamanites for the sake of the protection of the Nephites. I am just a military scout. I am just a student of the enemy, so you don't have to be. So you can spend your time at home, um, whatever you want to do, building tree houses, plowing fields, cooking cookies, patting babies on the head, whatever it is that you want to be doing with your time. Um, I would guess that you would rather be doing that than just studying those who are trying to destroy you all the time. So my hope is that when I bring information to you, it is uh, with the uh, idea of saving you time, energy, and perhaps some emotional safety of not having to see all of the ruthless things that, that Satan likes to do to people. Now, um, it's been my experience with women that they prefer to be sweet, they prefer to be adorable, they prefer to be uplifting, and they prefer to be nurturing. Okay? And so if if you were living in Nephite days and it was Christmas time and the doorbell rings and you open the door looking forward to Christmas carolers or someone putting a boo ghost on your door or someone dropping off cookies and lo and behold, it's Lamanites and they say, we're here to take your children for our slaves. And you say, that's really different from what I was hoping for when I opened my door. I was really hoping for something a little more edifying than that. And I really, and you might start with something like, no, thank you. And then go to shut your door. You know, I can see all of y'all. 
Okay, the Lamanites ring the doorbell. We want to steal your children for our slaves. No, thank you. And you go to shut the door. And for some reason, they're serious. Like, for some reason, they seriously want to ruin your Christmas, ruin your holiday, ruin your new year, and exploit any difference in your systems and your schedules. Because what kind of person pays attention to the holiday season just to ruin your day? Hey, Christmas is coming. What a great time to ruin your day. Hey, school's out for a week and a half. What a great time to ruin your day. Okay? So, I have also learned about women that notwithstanding this delightfully sweet side of their brain, they also have this ferocious mother bear, claw your eyes out, break your bones, and feed you to the wolves kind of brain. Um, there's a little episode of that in one of those uh, cartoon movies, uh, Alpha Omega, where the mom, you know, has this little thing she does. It's a great clip if you've ever seen it, where the sweet mother has this growling face where she's willing to kill people as needed if they are threatening her children. Okay? So, as you approach this new year, you are probably going to have, if you're a normal human female, some version of disappointment that's exaggerated based on how you ruined Christmas or you ruined something for New Year's or you ruined something, something, something. Okay. I don't know why. When demons attack men, it's blaming everybody else. When demons attack women, it's blaming the women. Isn't that nifty how that works out? Somehow you get the blame both ways. It's really handy that way. Um, so when, not if, when the demons come to you and say, let's review how, le uh, how horrible of a mother you are. Let's review how you've ruined all things that women are supposed to be stewards over. Instead of having a logical conversation with a demon where he says, you did this wrong, and you say, well, that's good feedback. And he says, well, you did this wrong. And you say, well, that's good feedback. All right. Step one, discern whether the Holy Ghost is giving you feedback or whether demons are giving you feedback. There's a very um, a observable difference between the two. And if you put it on paper, and every time you hear a phrase of feedback in your brain, say, was that you, Holy Ghost, or was that you, a demon? For some reason, they become very obvious within seconds. Okay. Now draw a line down the piece of paper and actually put the phrases underneath the correct title. That way you'll know what to do with it. If it lands on the demon side, you push the flush button, very similar to one next to your toilet. Okay, nothing there worth paying attention to. If it's from the Holy Ghost, you might have a conversation, but you will find that the Holy Ghost uh, does not list out your weaknesses in large masses like a fire hose. The Holy Ghost always does it line upon line, precept upon precept, with encouragement. Now, <clears throat> the next thing, once you have started this process, is allow yourself to be slightly, if not thoroughly, annoyed that a demon is going out of its way to mess with you again. Again. Okay, one of my phrases for him is, don't you have anything better to do with your time? Isn't there somebody else you could go harass? Why are you bothering me? But then as you ask the question, why are you bothering me? Remember, oh, it's because I'm important. Oh, you wouldn't bother me if I was a nobody. So be congratulated, ladies. If demons are bothering you, it's because you matter and you are a threat to them. Okay? Then prepare your glorious method of, well, i got to be careful with this one because it's very man talk. It's very man talk to say and send a message to him to make sure he never messes with you again. I don't know how much girl mentality is in that. My daughter has a little bit of that with her dance stuff. 
Like sometimes she just wants to send the message to her opponents that they're the best dancing team in the whole wide world. Okay. So I don't know how universal that competitive element is for women, but I'm pretty sure that if uh, someone tries to harass your children, if Lamanites try to kidnap your children, you might, might want them to go home with a message. Something that says something like, um, it would be unwise to ever try that again. Uh, make a note, and I hope it scars you to remember to never mess with me and my family again. Now, they're arrogant buggers, so they probably will try anyway. But please think about your superpowers, your divine gifts. Whatever that magical thing is that you do, some of you are really good with words. Some of you are really good with hugs. Some of you are really good at baking bread. Some of you are really good at spreadsheets. Okay, I don't know what it is that you're good at, but whenever a demon attacks you, always have a pre-planned weapon in place to send a message that you should not have messed with me. One of the reasons that I started this group, Me for the Young Men, is I needed something a little closer to my thumb tips to punish Satan for messing with me. Okay? I needed something so that when the dark side was harassing me for a little while and I didn't have time to sit down at my keyboard and write an article, or I'd already done the dishes or something like that, I needed something I could pull out of my pocket and just say, you know what, I think I'll just give the dark side a black eye while I uplift my fellow brethren and take 30 seconds to do something uplifting. Apparently I'm okay with words. I know how to write a little bit. I've been practicing that some. And if I put in a little bit of effort, I can say something uplifting and it edifies people. That's one of my talents. Other people, they're just good at being loving and uplifting in all these different ways. So ladies, please, as you enter this new year, please buckle down. If the dark side had got a few points on you, if he uh, knocked you over a few times, if he put you on your back a few times, if he embarrassed you, humiliated you, or disappointed you, or he helped you disappoint yourself, shake it off, stand up. Let's even the score and take it a step forward. We cannot control what goes on with the people around us, but we can control ourselves. And it's time what I call ripple effect. You just do something good and let it ripple. Do something good, let it ripple. Do something good, let it ripple. Jesus had to have the psychology of someone who did something good, whether people valued it or appreciated it or not. Okay? So with your kids, with your sons, with your loved ones, with your spouse, make sure your identity and your rejuvenation system is not connected to them. Do not measure how good of a mother you are based on how good your kids are. Do not measure how good of a wife you are by how your husband reacts to you. Only one God can give you accurate feedback for your quality. Okay? So make sure you get your feedback only from the divine entity and then try again the next day and then try again the next day. So as we talk about parenting and being warrior moms for the sake of these youth, the science behind the spiritual principles of maintaining your identity, when you behave according to true principles, it breaks the back and forth cycle of misbehavior causing misbehavior causing misbehavior. When our behavior is a reaction to someone else's misbehavior, that is a version of what they call codependency. Okay? It is my behavior depends on your behavior, and your behavior depends on my behavior, so they're codependent is one of the scientific explanations for that term. The way we break that 
is we have principle or identity-based behavior. You choose your behavior based on your identity or you choose your behavior based on principles and that breaks the cycle. I'm doing what I'm doing because it's a true principle. I'm doing what I'm doing because it's my identity. I'm doing what I'm doing because it's my purpose, not because of what you do or what you don't do. So as you decide what to do with your children, resist the temptation that Americans use to measure success based on outcomes. It's a very popular idea. You measure your success based on how it, things turn out. And if you measure your success as a mother based on how you, your kids turn out, we're in trouble. Because if that's the case, then Eve was a horrible mother, and so was Lehi's wife. If we measure mothers by how their kids turn out, then some of our biggest role models can be classified as failures. How come Eve is not classified as a failure? How come Sariah, Lehi's wife, is not counted as a failure? Because we do not measure mothers based on how their kids turn out. So as we talk today, let's make sure we discuss principles you can implement but will not control how your kids turn out. Watch out for the phrase, how do I make sure? You don't get to make sure of anything when it comes to kids. You get to make efforts to influence, but you don't get to make sure of anything. All right, there's my mini lecture. Karen, is there a piece of the puzzle I missed while talking? No, you fortified a lot of things that we talk about in our mom power training. One of the first things that we talk about is in, in John, it, there's a scripture that says that Satan is a thief and the Savior reminds us that he's come to offer us a life, abundant life, an abundant life. But he warns us that this thief has come to steal and to, to kill and to destroy. And so one of the things that we point out is he comes to steal our identity first and then to so he can kill our confidence so we don't show up in our purpose. And um, our overarching purpose really, first and foremost, is to protect and defend our identity. But second is to be available to support God's work with us and with the people that we love. And then that scripture, and um, it's actually our scripture for mothers who know Maurice, is the Second Timothy 1.7, God did not give us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So anyway, thank you for that. I hope it helps. Now there was something else that Karen was to, Oh, Karen, I'm going to like throw you into the moment of embarrassment for just a second. Okay. Most of you here have known Karen for a little while. Right. And I would invite you if you were super, uh, a little bit older than you are now, and Karen was your daughter, would you be proud to have her as your daughter? Yes. Okay. <laughs> now, Karen, I don't know if you know this, but Karen's on her second marriage. She was a basket case as a high school student. She was horrible when she was dating. Okay. She ruined all sorts of things, all sorts of self-esteem issues, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So if you were her parent when she was between 18 and 22, you might walk around with knots in your stomach all the time wanting to throw up. Am I getting that right, Karen, my memories of your story? Yes. In fact, when I had my first child, he was about maybe three or four months old. And my mother came to me and said, I'm so glad to see that you're a good parent. I totally thought you'd be a bad parent. <laughs> okay. So... The reason I bring her up is 
the real measurement of how someone's going to turn out is not until they're just a little bit over 40 like Karen. Okay. And so that you can remember, don't measure the outcome of your children or your success as a parent for another 20 years. Okay. Give it, give it a break. Your, your kids are came with spirits that had made good choices before they were born. I want to pull this back in to the verse from Timothy that Karen referred to. We need to not live or parent in a state of fear. Okay? As you analyze your own parenting philosophies, check to see which ones are fear-based parenting philosophies. And what are the other words in Timothy? Hope and what? He gave us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And sometimes we get confused about what love is. Okay, so love, hope, charity. In almost every case I work with, the, the, uh, the likelihood of someone becoming wiser, the likelihood of someone becoming more humble, the likelihood of someone becoming more determined to do well just increases over time. Okay, people want to be good. People want to be successful. People want to get things right. And almost every woman I've ever met has already raised her kids in a good way. So the kid has a pocket full, if not a suitcase full of good resources. He knows who you are. He knows if he came to you and said, I really think I need to see a doctor for depression. He knows you would say, cool, I'm willing to support that. If he came to you and says, I need very expensive medications to treat my depression, he already knows you would say, that's fine, we'll pay for it. Those are not mysteries to him. He doesn't think that you would be leave him resourceless. If he had an idea to build a business and he didn't have enough money for it, and he came to you, he knows you would say, we're happy to help support with that. All right? So ladies, please remember you've done great work. You've done very good things. And, and please review, please review the stories of, um, of Eve and what it was like for her. Now I'm going to do a little Marie psychological Jedi mind trick on y'all. Okay. So those of you who have pencils, prepare to write this down because this is Marie playing head games with people in an edifying fashion. All right. If you have a son or daughter on a mission, okay, and they've been there for about a year, and they call you, and they say, I am a failure. I am the worst missionary on the planet. And you ask them, oh, my goodness, how did you come to that conclusion? Because I've measured how many books of Mormon I've placed. I've measured how many converts I have. Uh, the, the mission puts out a chart and everyone gets to see who has the least amount of first discussions, the least amount of baptisms, and the least amount of placed Book of Mormons. And I was on the bottom of the chart. Mom, I have proof that I am a failure, and you cannot say anything to convince me otherwise. How many of you moms respond with, that is a great way to measure your success as a missionary. I agree you are a failure. Okay. That is probably not how you would respond. Now, if I unlock all the microphones right now, your impulse to tell me the correct way to measure success as a missionary is at the edge of your chest on the tip of your tongue, right? 
Everyone ready to say, well, the real way to measure your success as a missionary is how hard you work, how hard you try. It doesn't matter whether or not you succeed. Wait, how do you? <laughs> okay. And most of you would be saying that with a little bit of mother bear chemistry, a little ferocity. I'm going to kill whoever made you feel like you were not good at it. Now, once you've written down what you would say to your child as a missionary, put that somewhere and use it as your measuring tool for whether or not you're good at what you do. Okay? How do you determine if you're a successful missionary? What do you say? Give, you can feel free to write down a little half-page mini-lecture. You can tell your success as a missionary because you have to have baptisms and convert people, otherwise you're a failure. Nod with me if that's actually true. No one's nodding with me. How come no one's nodding with me, okay? What, you're going to be uh, complacent with them and say, well, if you try hard and have the spirit with you, that's good enough? You're going to tell your kid that to be mediocre is good enough? Now, do you feel the head game with that? Okay, what's wrong with my statement? Do you feel how satanic that is? Because it's twisting reality. This isn't about being mediocre. That's a comparative phrase. Okay, you don't measure your success as a missionary based on your results compared to other missionaries. You don't measure your success as a mother based on your comparison to other mothers. All right, so I challenge all of you. What would you say to your child on how to measure their success as a missionary? Write it down and then post it where you can see it as a measurement of whether or not you're a good mother. Now, may I remind you of something? We are all comfortable with how the atonement applies to the skill level of 18 and 19 year old missionaries. We all have a testimony that our youth can be very immature and sloppy and unwise and still be good missionaries. I assume that if you're in this meeting, you have a testimony that the power of God is more powerful than adolescence and young adulthood missionaries. I don't know if you're comfortable with this concept, but you're still young. You're still unwise. You're still inadequate. Scientific application of a gospel principle, decrease your anxiety knowing the atonement will cover for any flaw in your parenting. Let Christ do his work. Okay? So try and then be at peace. Take your efforts to the altar before God and say, this is what I have to offer, even though it's a widow's might, even though it's just a little handful of meal and oil in a cruise. It's not enough. But may I remind you, one of my most exciting discoveries was that God as exemplified by the Old Testament, in working with David against Goliath, in working with Moses against Pharaoh, in working with Gideon against the giant army, Joseph Smith versus the world, God prefers to work with inadequate people. God prefers to work with inadequate people. So if Satan tells you you are inadequate, agree with him. 
you're right, I'm inadequate, which qualifies me to be on God's team. Okay? So don't let that one mess with your head. It is a gloriously psychologically relieving principle to know that it doesn't matter whether you're flawed. It doesn't matter whether you're inadequate. It doesn't matter whether you're weak. The atonement will cover the difference, and you may rest peacefully. All right. Ladies, may I continue to express my reverence for you? Um, as Karen hinted at and began our conversation with the sensation, the experience of team, um, I, I hope to work hard. I want to work hard. But when I have a quiet moment and I think about all the warrior moms and all the other warriors that are, have their head in the game, um, the testimony I have of lift where you stand, it always feels like we're all inadequate, that we're, what we do doesn't make a difference. Please never come to the conclusion that what you do is not making a difference. Because sometimes what you try to do inspires some other mom or supports another mom. And sometimes that intertwining of effort, like lifting the piano from different positions, in this moment you're doing less, in that moment you're doing more, and you have more of an impact and less of an impact there. I'm very grateful for my missionary experience in Detroit because there was no way to measure success there. There was no way to know if I was doing a good job. And so you just get in the habit of just doing good just because it's good. So moms, please stop measuring your success based on your kids. Relieve your minds and just do good because you are good and let God ripple effect everything from there. And rest, rest your minds. You're carrying too much weight quite often. Just do good and let good ripple. Okay, all right, see you later. See you next time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Maurice. Appreciate it. I have something I have to read you because it's so like right on the mark about that. What if your missionary called you and said, here's why I'm a terrible missionary. There's actually in this book, the Preach My Gospel Work. What is it called? Yes, Preach My Gospel Work. When I was reading this, I just thought, oh my word, it, this should say a successful mother because it says a successful missionary. So I went through and um, thought, I'm just going to, because it just hit me, if every mother could gauge their success on something like this, it would be so great because there's so much truth. And it says, your success as a mother is measured primarily by your commitment to find, teach, baptize, and confirm people. So you can just put your own stuff there to show up every day, to keep people clean and fed or whatever that looks like, and help them become faithful members of the church who enjoy the presence of the Holy Ghost. Okay, so that right there is making lots of moms trip because they're feeling like, well, my child doesn't want to go to church anymore. So that's, I'm a huge failure. But if we understand that um, God has a purpose with our children, even if right now they don't look like they're just right aligned to where we would hope they'd be. It says, avoid comparing yourself to other mothers and measuring the outward results of your efforts against theirs. Remember that people have agency to choose whether to accept your message. Your responsibility is to teach clearly and powerfully so they can make a correct choice. 
Some may not accept your message even when they have received a spiritual witness that it is true. You will be saddened because you love them and desire their, desire their sal salvation. You should not, however, become discouraged. Discouragement will weaken your faith. If you lower your expectations, your effectiveness will decrease. Your desire will weaken and you will have greater difficulty following the Spirit. And then it says, you can know you have been a successful mother when you feel the Spirit testify to people through you, love people and desire their salvation, obey with exactness, live so that you can receive and know how to follow the Spirit, who will show you where to go, what to do, and what to say. And there's only maybe one, two, three, four, five, six more bullets that how you'll know you're being a good mother. Develop Christ-like attributes. Work effectively every day. Do your very best to bring souls to Christ and seek earnestly to learn and improve. Help build up the church wherever you are assigned to work. Warn people of the consequences of sin and invite them to make and keep covenants, keep, keep commitments. Teach and serve other mothers. Go about doing good and serving people at every opportunity, whether or not they accept your message. When you have done your very best, you may still experience disappointments, but you will not be disappointed in yourself. You can feel certain that the Lord is pleased when you feel the Spirit working through you. When you feel the Spirit working through you, you can be certain the Lord is pleased with you. I think that's a great barometer to just say, yeah, I don't know if I even said anything right, did anything right. I'm not even sure if we're, if what I'm, I'm just trying to do the best I can kind of a thing. But can I feel the Spirit? If you can feel the Spirit or you're seeking the Spirit and to just know the Lord's pleased with you and he understands that you're, you're getting confused or upset, Karen, because you think you have to save everything because you're the Savior. It's really amazing to me when I read that. I was like, that's so good to say mother on all those things. Thank you so much for being here. Happy New Year again. Just as you're considering the new year. Um, one of the reasons I asked Maurice to hit what he did at the beginning of our meeting is because I know that um, everybody gets more vulnerable in their heart and in their mind. Um, and the ability to fight our battles well is affected when our schedules change. And so over the holidays, maybe you were feeling like I was feeling, where it was just like, wow, I'm just feeling a little bit off kilter here or hearing lies in my head and that I haven't heard for a long time or, or entertained for a long time and starting to marinate on those things and recognizing, oh, hey, wait a minute. I, remembering is such a powerful thing. Remembering that we, um, that like President Nelson pointed out, that it's not about the circumstances of our lives, but the focus of our life. And to recognize, I just have, have been pondering on 
how in that talk where he gave that quote, um, joy and spiritual survival, he talked about how Christ was our example on how focusing on joy brings God's power into our life. But in order to focus on joy in stormy places, you have to be very intentional to do it. And I was just so grateful to be considering just the thought that what does Jesus Christ focus on? And I thought, me, you. He's completely focused on us. He's not distracted like me. He's not lost and wondering what to do next. He's focusing on me. And the way that he got through what he did that was really, really hard was to focus on the service that he was giving to all of us in love and what that would do for our freedom and our exaltation. And it made me think, that's what I can focus on when that child is making me absolutely crazy and I don't know what to do next, is to think, if I remember that the Savior's focused on me, that's his focus in my circumstance. He's focused on me. And if I can focus while someone else is looking like a hot mess, like I'm looking like a hot mess, on there, on what I can do to cause a ripple effect just by doing some good, that that's one way I can remember um, to focus more in a joyful way and receive the power that God has to offer me because I'm trying to do that by remembering him, then serving Satan's lies and forgetting that that even matters or that I'm just too weary to try those kinds of things that we get stuck in. So anyway, ah, I just encourage you to go read that joy and spiritual survival. And also the elder Johnson's uh, talk of power to overcome the adversary. I thought those were two great talks that I came into our meeting today feeling like, Oh, I wish I could share so many thoughts with you sisters from those talks just about the new year and where we're at. Thanks for being here. Love you gals. Thank you for being with us today, Warrior Moms. I invite you to make a donation at the top of our website, mothersyouknow.org. Any amount you can afford today will help us keep Mothers Who Know services free for all moms. Thank you so much for your generosity. Moms, remember your divine identity and great worth. Continue in your courageous efforts to support God's great work. Notice the miracles you see every day, the evidence of the Savior's love and mercy. Find the message in your message. Reach out and share the principles you learn in Mothers You Know with other mothers. You are God's secret weapon for good in this world. Finally, a few pieces of information for you. I recommend a few other podcast channels to listen to. Like Dragons Do They Fight podcast, that includes interviews and stories with those that have struggled and overcome something in their life. The Eternal Warriors podcast, hosted by two YSA eight young men who share their story, teach valuable lessons, and interview special guests. And The Clark and Linda Show, a courageous couple that shares their journey of pornography addiction and how that affected their marriage and family. You can follow us on our social media pages on Facebook under mothersyouknow.lcs or search for Mothers You Know and on Instagram, username at 
mothers underscore who know. Last, if you would like additional support and training, please go to mompowertraining.com to sign up for the next eight-week Mom Power Training class for all moms. You can also go to the Mothers Who Know website at mothershoknow.org or our parent company, Life Changing Services, at lifechangingservices.org to learn more about our excellent services to support you and your loved ones. And by the way, if you do enroll in a program, use our promo code MWK on the enrollment form to get $25 off a Sense of Human intake session. Thank you so much for listening today. Please feel free to email me anytime with questions or to set up a complimentary 30-minute appointment to visit. Please email me at mothersyouknow at lifechangingservices.org. Looking forward to hearing from you amazing moms. See you next time.